Section six of the Mabinogion, volume one, translated by Lady Charlotte Guest. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Section six. And Peredir rode forward. And as he proceeded, behold, a knight met him. Whence comest thou? said the knight. I come from Arthur's court, said Peredir. Art thou one of his men? asked he. Yes, by my faith, he answered. A good service, truly, is that of Arthur. Wherefore sayest thou so? said Peredir. I will tell thee, said he. I have always been Arthur's enemy, and all such of his men as I have ever encountered I have slain. And without further parlance they fought, and it was not long before Peredir brought him to the ground over his horse's crupper. Then the knight besought his mercy. Mercy thou shalt have, said Peredir, if thou wilt make oath to me that thou wilt go to Arthur's court, and tell him that it was I that overthrew thee, for the honour of his service, and say that I will never come to the court until I have avenged the insult offered to the dwarf and dwarfess. The knight pledged him his faith of this, and proceeded to the court of Arthur, and said as he had promised, and conveyed the threat to Kai. And Peredir rode forward, and within that week he encountered sixteen knights, and overthrew them all shamefully and they all went to Arthur's court, taking with them the same message which the first knight had conveyed from Peredir, and the same threat which he had sent to Kai. And thereupon Kai was reproved by Arthur, and Kai was greatly grieved thereat. And Peredir rode forward, and he came to a vast and desert wood, on the confines of which was a lake, and on the other side was a fair castle, and on the border of the lake he saw a venerable hoary-headed man sitting upon a velvet cushion, and having a garment of velvet upon him, and his attendants were fishing in the lake when the hoary-headed man beheld Peredir approaching, he arose and went towards the castle, and the old man was lame. Peredir rode to the palace, and the door was open, and he entered the hall, and there was the hoary-headed man sitting on a cushion, and a large blazing fire burning before him and the household and the company arose to meet Peredir, and disarrayed him. And the man asked the youth to sit on the cushion, and they sat down, and conversed together. 
when it was time the tables were laid and they went to meet and when they had finished their meal the man inquired of peredir if he knew well how to fight with the sword i know not said peredir but were i to be taught doubtless i should whoever can play well with the cudgel and shield will also be able to fight with a sword and the man had two sons the one had yellow hair and the other auburn arise youth said he and play with the cudgel and the shield and so did they tell me my soul said the man which of the youths thinkest thou plays best i think said peredir that the yellow-haired youth could draw blood from the other if he chose arise thou my life and take the cudgel and the shield from the hand of the youth with the auburn hair and draw blood from the yellow-haired youth if thou canst so peredir arose and went to play with the yellow-haired youth and he lifted up his arm and struck him such a mighty blow that his brow fell over his eye and the blood flowed forth ah my life said the man come now and sit down for thou wilt become the best fighter with the sword of any in this island and i am thy uncle thy mother's brother and with me shalt thou remain a space in order to learn the manners and customs of different countries and courtesy and gentleness and noble bearing leave then the habits and the discourse of thy mother and i will be thy teacher and i will raise thee to the rank of knight from this time forward and thus do thou if thou seest aught to cause thee wonder ask not the meaning of it if no one has the courtesy to inform thee the reproach will not fall upon thee but upon me that am thy teacher and they had abundance of honour and service and when it was time they went to sleep at the break of day peredir arose and took his horse and with his uncle's permission he rode forth and he came to a vast desert wood and at the further end of the wood was a meadow and on the other side of the meadow he saw a large castle and thitherward peredir bent his way and he found the gate open and he proceeded to the hall and he beheld a stately hoary-headed man sitting on one side of the hall and many pages around him who arose to receive and to honour peredir and they placed him by the side of the owner of the palace then they discoursed together and when it was time to eat they caused peredir to sit beside the nobleman during the repast 
and when they had eaten and drank as much as they desired the nobleman asked peredir whether he could fight with a sword were i to receive instruction said peredir i think i could now there was on the floor of the hall a huge staple as large as a warrior could grasp take yonder sword said the man to peredir and strike the iron staple so peredir arose and struck the staple so that he cut it in two and the sword broke into two parts also place the two parts together and reunite them and peredir placed them together and they became entire as they were before and a second time he struck upon the staple so that both it and the sword broke in two and as before they reunited and the third time he gave a like blow and placed the broken parts together and neither the staple nor the sword would unite as before youth said the nobleman come now and sit down and my blessing be upon thee thou fightest best with the sword of any man in the kingdom thou hast arrived at two-thirds of thy strength and the other third thou hast not yet obtained and when thou attainest to thy full power none will be able to contend with thee i am thy uncle thy mother's brother and i am brother to the man in whose house thou wast last night then peredir and his uncle discoursed together and he beheld two youths enter the hall and proceed up to the chamber bearing a spear of mighty size with three streams of blood flowing from the point to the ground and when all the company saw this they began wailing and lamenting but for all that the man did not break off his discourse with peredir and as he did not tell peredir the meaning of what he saw he forbore to ask him concerning it and when the clamour had a little subsided behold two maidens entered with a large salver between them in which was a man's head surrounded by a profusion of blood and thereupon the company of the court made so great an outcry that it was irksome to be in the same hall with them but at length they were silent and when time was that they should sleep peredir was brought into a fair chamber and the next day with his uncle's permission he rode forth and he came to a wood and far within the wood he heard a loud cry and he saw a beautiful woman with auburn hair and a horse with a saddle upon it standing near her and a corpse
corpse by her side and as she strove to place the corpse upon the horse it fell to the ground and thereupon she made a great lamentation tell me sister said peredir wherefore art thou bewailing o oh, accursed peredir little pity has my ill fortune ever met with from thee wherefore said peredir am i accursed because thou wast the cause of thy mother's death for when thou didst ride forth against her will anguish seized upon her heart so that she died and therefore art thou accursed and the dwarf and the dwarfess that thou sawest at arthur's court were the dwarfs of thy father and mother and i am thy foster-sister and this was my wedded husband and he was slain by the knight that is in the glade in the wood and do not thou go near him lest thou shouldest be slain by him likewise my sister thou dost reproach me wrongfully through my having so long remained amongst you i shall scarcely vanquish him and had i continued longer it would indeed be difficult for me to succeed cease therefore thy lamenting for it is of no avail and i will bury the body and then i will go in quest of the knight and see if i can do vengeance upon him and when he had buried the body they went to the place where the knight was and found him riding proudly along the glade and he inquired of peredir whence he came i come from arthur's court and art thou one of arthur's men yes by my faith a profitable alliance truly is that of arthur and without further parlance they encountered one another and immediately peredir overthrew the knight and he besought mercy of peredir mercy shall thou have said he upon these terms that thou take this woman in marriage and do her all the honour and reverence in thy power seeing thou hast without cause slain her wedded husband and that thou go to arthur's court and show him that it was i that overthrew thee to do him honour and service and that thou tell him that i will never come to his court again until i have met with the tall man that is there to take vengeance upon him for his insult to the dwarf and the dwarfess and he took the knight's assurance that he would perform all this then the knight provided the lady with a horse and garments that were suitable for her and took her with him to arthur's court and he told arthur all that had occurred and gave the defiance to kai and arthur and all his household reproved kai for having driven such a youth as peredir from his court said owain the son of irien 
this youth will never come into the court until kai has gone forth from it by my faith said arthur i will search all the deserts in the island of britain until i find peredir and then let him and his adversary do their utmost to each other then peredir rode forward and he came to a desert wood where he saw not the track either of men or animals and where there was nothing but bushes and weeds and at the upper end of the wood he saw a vast castle wherein were many strong towers and when he came near the gate he found the weeds taller than he had done elsewhere and he struck the gate with the shaft of his lance and thereupon behold a lean auburn-haired youth came to an opening in the battlements choose thou chieftain said he whether i shall open the gate unto thee or shall i announce unto those that are chief that thou art at the gateway say that i am here said peredir and if it is desired that i should enter i will go in and the youth came back and opened the gate for peredir and when he went into the hall he beheld eighteen youths lean and red-headed of the same height and of the same aspect and of the same dress and of the same age as the one who had opened the gate for him and they were well skilled in courtesy and in service and they disarrayed him then they sat down to discourse thereupon behold five maidens came from the chamber into the hall and peredir was certain that he had never seen another of so fair an aspect as the chief of the maidens and she had an old garment of satin upon her which had once been handsome but was then so tattered that her skin could be seen through it and whiter was her skin than the bloom of crystal and her hair and her two eyebrows were blacker than jet and on her cheeks were two red spots redder than whatever is reddest and the maiden welcomed peredir and put her arms around his neck and made him sit down beside her not long after this he saw two nuns enter and a flask full of wine was borne by one and six loaves of white bread by the other lady said they heaven is witness that there is not so much of food and liquor as this left in yonder convent this night then they went to meet and peredir observed that the maiden wished to give more of the food and of the liquor to him than to any of the others my sister said peredir i will share out the food and the liquor not so my soul said she 
by my faith but i will so peredir took the bread and he gave an equal portion of it to each alike as well as a cupful of the liquor and when it was time for them to sleep a chamber was prepared for peredir and he went to rest behold sister said the youths to the fairest and most exalted of the maidens we have counsel for thee what may it be she inquired go to the youth that is in the upper chamber and offer to become his wife or the lady of his love if it seem well to him that were indeed unfitting said she hitherto i have not been the lady love of any knight and to make him such an offer before i am wooed by him that truly can i not do by our confession to heaven unless thou actest thus we will leave thee here to thy enemies to do as they will with thee and through fear of this the maiden went forth and shedding tears she proceeded to the chamber and with the noise of the door opening peredir awoke and the maiden was weeping and lamenting tell me my sister said peredir wherefore dost thou weep i will tell thee lord said she my father possessed these dominions as their chief and this palace was his and with it he held the best earldom in the kingdom then the son of another earl sought me of my father and i was not willing to be given unto him and my father would not give me against my will either to him or any earl in the world and my father had no child except myself and after my father's death these dominions came into my own hands and then was i less willing to accept him than before so he made war upon me and conquered all my possessions except this one house and through the valour of the men whom thou hast seen who are my foster-brothers and the strength of the house it can never be taken while food and drink remain and now our provisions are exhausted but as thou hast seen we have been fed by the nuns to whom the country is free and at length they also are without supply of food or liquor and at no later date than to-morrow the earl will come against this place with all his forces and if i fall into his power my fate will be no better than to be given over to the grooms of his horses therefore lord i am come to offer to place myself in thy hands that thou mayest succour me either by taking me hence or by defending me here whichever may seem best unto thee go my sister said he and sleep nor will i depart from thee until i do that which thou requirest or prove whether i can assist thee or not 
the maiden went again to rest and the next morning she came to peredir and saluted him heaven prosper thee my soul and what tidings dost thou bring none other than that the earl and all his forces have alighted at the gate and i never beheld any place so covered with tents and thronged with knights challenging others to the combat truly said peredir let my horse be made ready so his horse was accoutred and he arose and sallied forth to the meadow and there was a knight riding proudly along the meadow having raised the signal for battle and they encountered and peredir threw the knight over his horse's crupper to the ground and at the close of the day one of the chief knights came to fight with him and he overthrew him also so that he besought his mercy who art thou said peredir verily said he i am master of the household to the earl and how much of the countess's possessions is there in thy power the third part verily answered he then said peredir restore to her the third of her possessions in full and all the profit thou hast made by them and bring meat and drink for a hundred men with their horses and arms to her court this night and thou shalt remain her captive unless she wish to take thy life and this he did forthwith and that night the maiden was right joyful and they fared plenteously End of section six. Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey.